0: And welcome to into the aether it's a low-key video game podcast my name is brendan bigley i'm steven hilger that's good welcome to video games that's good <laughs> what that? that's nice honey <laughs> uh steven i want to talk to you about a game i've been playing sure the nintendo switch it came out uh just the other day as of this recording and it's called baba is you
1: i know nothing about this other than the title and i because i was i haven't got anything new for switch in a while and i was browsing what was new and that was one of them so i'm very curious yeah i was honestly kind of surprised because i had never heard of this game before i started
0: seeing reviews pop up and people were kind of excited about it um and i was kind of surprised to see that there was a switch game that i was excited about buying because i thought that i wasn't gonna pick up anything between uh final fantasy and um sekiro which i think is next week or in two weeks um it's next week yeah. yeah yeah 22nd so, I, I was kind of surprised that there was a game that I was interested in picking up. But Baba is You, uh, you, you don't know anything about it at all? Nothing. That's great. Uh, so, it's a puzzle game for the Nintendo Switch Entertainment System. It is really, really, really fascinating. I always find it kind of amazing when people come up with new ideas for puzzle games. Yeah. I remember when The Witness came out and it was like, I just draw a line from a circle to the end of a line and like, that's the puzzle. And like, nobody's thought of this before, nobody's been doing this. For like millennia, <laughs>
1: right. Well, in that kind of environment, you know, it's yeah, yeah.
0: Because, yeah, yeah. It just like a maze, essentially, with like different mechanics stacked on top of just being a maze. Um, mm-hmm. kind of, kind of interesting. Then there's like hundreds of them in there. Uh, but anyway, I I have a history with puzzle games. In that, I like them a lot. I play a lot of them. Um, The Witness, I think, actually, probably being the best example, where like I really that game just sucked me right the fuck in. I I was really surprised by how much I liked The Witness. Um and ended up getting the platinum for that, which is
1: like the only platinum that I'm proud of achieving. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Still haven't gotten a platinum. I've been debating which game I want to do that for actually. My first one was for Sly Cooper 1, which is like they just handed it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that that fucked me up. I don't know why
0: that got. To be... <laughs> it's like it for one huh they just all hand ahead. it to you it's like you go like you see the opening cutscene, and then you hit start game and it's like here's the platinum you did it great job
1: that was such a villainous laugh on my part it was so it was sorry. really interesting that, yeah
0: i've never heard that finally
1: the platinum is mine <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it for one i
0: really think you just got the platinum for like playing through the game it's not even like collecting yeah. all the stuff
1: they're definitely like i think actually uh marvel spider-man for uh that came out last year yeah that's a pretty like i don't want to say easy game to platinum but that's a game where like if you just do everything that's available you'll get a platinum yeah for it
0: yeah it, it's more of a time investment than like a skill ceiling thing
1: right i am like i think i have over like close to 60 percent of the achievements for persona 5 oh wow um but i'm like scared what the other ones require of me they'll probably be <laughs> yeah. like at night with a cold, talk to Sojuro. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know how to do this. Fight death after making coffee. Yeah, right. turn the game on cool. at 325 a.m. during a blood moon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's how Ryuji to grow up in front <laughs> of everyone. Have you ever played um, Sword and Sorcery? no I haven't what is that uh it was like a great indie game that came out for mobile years and years ago. oh yeah
1: I I know of it but I haven't played
0: it that was a game that literally did require you to turn the game on during a very specific cycle of the moon in real life which was like amazing um to solve one of the puzzles and it would like check to see like if the moon was in alignment uh with the game that's amazing yeah I love that
1: I have a weird question because you and I both off off recording talked about dreams recently yeah wrapping it into like completing a game i always think of of undertale which is a game that kind of questions Mm -hmm. how and why and what are you willing to do to to complete a game yeah um in in sort of a platinum sense um i had a i may have had a dream where you told me you got past the point you're stuck in undertale or are you still stuck there that is a dream that you had (laughs) i had a dream where you so confidently were like yeah i beat it and now i'm enjoying the rest of it greatly that was was a dream what a wholesome good dream for you to have It was a wholesome good dream, Um, and I think it was actually a vision of the future, so hang on, my friend. Yeah, I'm filled with determination, thank you. Of course, so wrapping it back to... Oh, right, yeah.
0: Um, Well, quickly, I just want to mention, The Witness is an amazing thing, uh, just while I'm thinking Mm -hmm. about it, because that game is basically just line mazes that you have to complete, and then they continue to stack mechanics on top of themselves um, until Mm -hmm. you get to the end of the game, and the final challenge... Of that game. It's literally called the challenge and that's how you unlock the the platinum. Um, It's randomly generated. So it's not like you can go online and like look up how to do it. It like really tests your ability to have mastered every single skill set that you've learned throughout the entire time you've been playing. So if you fuck it up, it like resets and you have to start at the beginning and it's like a gauntlet of puzzles that you have to solve while hall of the mountain King is playing in the background. So it's like, while you're like running through the inside of a mountain, trying to solve puzzles. It's, it's really wonderful. And I've never felt more alive than the moment that I
1: finished it. That's amazing. I'm happy for you. You know, what's kind of weird speaking on like platinums and achievements. I'd never thought I was an achievement guy, but I do wish the switch had achievements. Like I always kind of think about that when I'm playing the switch. I get that. And I like when games have like in-game achievements. Yeah, me too. Uh, a lot. I didn't think I was a sucker for them, but I I am
0: yeah, somehow. Yeah, I'm not really an achievement person. Something about the witness specifically was the one that made me want to like complete. Sure. It.
1: I have a proposition for you. I not keep I keep uh, changing the subject a bit. I want to hear about Baba Is You. Yeah, sure. But I thought it'd be fun for this year to give ourselves a challenge. Whoa. Do you? And I, Steven, uh-huh. want to accept the challenge of platinuming a game before the year's end. Whoa. Is that is that something that is attainable given both our schedules and like doing this show? I think it might be a fun thing to check in on if we're having a slower week or something. Mm. If there's some weird game like Sly Cooper One that we seek to get a platinum for. Yeah. So is it a specific game or is it just we have to platinum any game? <sighs> See that that's the part I'm unclear about right now. I just got hit by like a weird, like bolt of 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 like idea there yeah um i want to say bolt of lightning but it was too violent so i said bolt of idea (laughs) which is my screen name um but i think it might be fun to maybe have some kind of random element to it definitely a game that we already have i wouldn't want to like start fresh um but yeah that might be something worth exploring i don't really have maybe i'll get back to you on it yeah we could talk about it off the show and and see if that's something that would be fun yeah i'd want to look through my library and see like what what i have that would be worth going after
0: yeah cool i would uh, just a, just a stray thought there. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm into that. That, that seems like the kind of thing that'd be fun to stream. also would be just like, right. Streaming, right. To it get could even planet.
1: be like a, like a side thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I just, I had to get it out. Uh, and you listener, if that sounds like a fun thing to listen to uh hopefully it is and if not this will never happen (laughs) this might just be like a weird moment caught on on audacity of just like everyone steven had that stupid idea yeah that's that's how everyone's gonna remember this episode yeah exactly anyway baba is you tell me all about it
0: baba is you cool game for the nintendo switch uh it is a uh top-down like grid-based puzzle game where uh baba is you and baba is like a a little sheep or rabbit i've seen i've seen it described as like a sheep or rabbit it's like a little cartoon i gotta look at this this
1: reminds me of the night in the woods episode where i didn't know may was a cat yes oh yeah i have no idea this is way more minimalist than i thought yeah uh
0: so you are like a little sheep uh or rabbit thing moving around a grid uh in an attempt to complete a puzzle which usually involves you touching a flag it's just basically how can I maneuver Mm. my way around this place until I can touch the flag. It has like a very nice, like minimal, almost like kids crayon art style to it. Mm. Um, which is, it's honestly just like very soothing to look at. And it's all like very dark, which is nice. So I like playing it at night before I go to bed or at least it's a puzzle game. Yeah. 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 It's nice. So the main like hook of this game, if you're just say like, okay, what is the thing? So like Fez allows you to press L2, and uh, R2 to like rotate the entire world left and right. Okay, so that's like Fez's hook. What is the hook of Baba is you? Essentially, uh, Baba is you like the name of the game kind of illustrates it best where that is a rule in the game. That is a game mechanic is that you are the sheep. Baba is you. And that rule is literally laid out as three tiles on the grid that you're playing on so you can move that rule around So Baba is you will be a rule literally on the playing field. Also, flag is win will also be a rule on the playing field. Uh, And maybe like rock is push. So like I have to push a rock around. Uh, But if I move the word push, so it uh, so it kind of like moves a skew of the rule. Rock is push. I can no longer move the rock like the rock is no longer able to be pushed. So uh, just imagine Imagine a blank canvas where Baba is you is a rule flag is win is a rule and rock is push is a rule and I can't get to the flag or whatever I could. But I can get to the rock. I could maybe move the rule flag is win and take that win tile and move it down to say rock is win. So then if I just touch the rock, I win. And basically the game kind of like unfurls onto you just a bunch of like bizarre and weird rule sets that you have to like both grapple with and then change. So you were literally mm. like going through these levels, adapting the game mechanics to whatever you need it to be to be able to win. Wow. Um, okay, so here, here's a good example. There there was uh, one area that I was in where there was like a wall of, of uh, actually it was just a wall. It was just like a kind of wall around me and I couldn't really move or do anything. Uh, it was just like Baba is you was in the wall with with me. And also it was like wall is stop, I think, was another one of the rules. So like that means that you can't go through the wall. So what I was able to do was change it. So wall is you. So then I became the wall that was like surrounding me. And then I was able to move as this giant wall around the level until I touched the flag and then won. Wow. And that's awesome. Yeah. It, and it really kind of like I've, I've never played a game that asks you so intensely to think outside the box. Like the the version of puzzle game that I've played is usually like once you start to get the mechanics like that's it. This game mm-hmm. is like you are making the mechanics so there really is nothing right. for you to grab onto at any given time like every level is its
1: own like terrifying thing that you're going to have to Tell, Yeah, it sounds like logic problems honestly. Yeah, Like, you know, existential why, conditional or whatever. That yeah. sounds really fun though. I'm I might I might pick that up. Yeah. It's re- it's really yeah. really interesting. Um and and I find at least
0: from like seeing people's reactions to it online on like Twitter and Reddit and places like that, uh people really seem to like hit a wall like right in the beginning. Because the Mm. first few levels you can like just fly through because it's just like kind of teaching you how to play the game. And like they're not like super easy, but they're not super hard either. Um, I think it's like the seventh level is the one that everybody gets like really tripped up on. Um, Mm. And it's literally just like there's two rules in the place. It's it's uh, it's sorry. Three rules. There's Baba is you. Uh, There's like the makings for potentially putting a rule together that is flag is win. But you don't have the is and like the flag and win are like a skew and like you have to like push them around. Um, and then like hedge is stop or something so like you just kind of have to like maneuver your way around this area to make it so you can uh so that the wall is sorry the baba is you and flag is also win simultaneously with only one instance of the word is being able to be moved around so things like that where it's like not only do you have to move like objects and like keep track of are they floating are they sinking will they kill me if i touch them are they stopping me from doing a thing Um, Does this key open this door or does a rock open a door for some reason because I like forgot that there was a rule in the bottom left corner that I had to keep track of and just like trying to maneuver all of those things and then understand that you can also change them at any given time um, and also know what is changeable and what's not because of their placement on the map. Um, like in a lot of instances they'll just have a couple rules like in the top left like surrounded by a wall or surrounded by like skulls that kill you just so you can't touch them like just Mm -hmm. so those are constant rules so you know like okay this is what's always happening and then there's other rules on the playing field that i can fuck around with that's
1: good that you can know what to change so there's so many variables if you don't yeah exactly if i was a hedge things would be different yeah and there are a lot of instances
0: yeah. where you will be hedges in that game. Hell yeah. What's also nice is that if you pause the game, it'll show you a list of all the rules currently in effect. So you can just like go down the list and see like, okay, oh, these cool. are the actual things I need to be worrying about right now, which is really nice. Yeah. The the game does the classic puzzle game thing where like you're going through and it's level by level by level. But every once in a while, it'll be like, OK, you did that level. Let's do it again but we just like changed a couple things. So like actually yeah. uh, th- there was a level where there was a river and I had to move some rocks to like build a bridge over the river. And like, that was kind of it. And then I could, I could go over the rocks and make it to the flag and then win. Uh, but then the second time the river was floating. So if I tried to push the rocks, the rocks just went under the river and then I couldn't really do anything. And the, and the river killed me if I touched it. So it was like, okay, what do I do here? And I'm not going to give away the answer to that one, but it's, uh, it's constantly testing you in both like, okay, you know how to do this already. Now do it again with like one thing that's different. Or like we moved a rock from one yeah. place to another, like see if you can solve it now. Um, and, and the same way that you solved it last time will not work. So you're gonna have to think outside the box again when the first time, like this was really hard. Now it's even harder. And then, oh my God, here's a third version of this puzzle that's even harder than that. So it, it's a game that I like have only had for a couple of days, but I find myself like banging my head against the wall a lot trying to solve things and then i'll leave and then come back like five hours later and it's like oh wait this is obvious the whole time and then you just solve it in like five (laughs) seconds which i feel feel like is like the best version of a puzzle game
1: yeah for sure um yeah so with the format of the game is this something where like there are a finite number of levels or just get like does it get like procedurally harder no as there's you play there's it? 200 levels apparently okay um gotcha i'm maybe wow and if people get stuck at seven i can't even imagine yeah 200 is probably like if you aren't then why yeah it's got, oh, shit, you got me there <laughs> pal uh yeah
0: yeah, yeah i'm wonder. i'm waiting for it to get like existential at some right. point um I just did one. you are the switch help I'm trapped I just did one wait let me let me see if I can bring this up because I have it um I took a screenshot of it because I loved it
1: now say we will about no achievements on the switch I love the screenshot album I have so many good pictures of King Dedede laying on his side oh, yeah it's great. I've taken a lot of pictures of the dog in, in breath of the wild um yeah yeah so I I
0: started a level earlier like before we started recording where there were four rules set up um and I couldn't really like move them too much But it was literally rose is red, violet is blue, flag is win, baba is you. It's a poem. Yeah. I like that. And and the level was called poem. Um, And it was basically just like, okay, I have to maneuver uh, both. I could like move the columns of it. So it was like rose, violet, flag, and baba were stacked on top of one another. Is, 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 is stacked on top of one another. And then red, blue, win, you were stacked on top of another. So it was like three columns that I could fuck around with for the rules. So it was like, okay, suddenly now violet is win, and and rose is you so i could like move all the violets around and like touch the roses um to win and and weird shit like that this eventually becomes song lyrics yes i feel like yeah Yeah, I know. I know that this is a hard game to describe like over audio. And I knew it was going to be before I started talking about it. No,
1: I I, I think I think I'm picking up what you're putting down. I uh, it definitely is hard to like see what the puzzle looks like. But I understand the mechanics based on how you're describing it.
0: At the end of the day, it's just a game where you are fucking around with the rules of the game as you're playing
1: it uh, to to best suit your needs. That's really cool. I definitely will try it out. I think I'm going to get it. Yeah, it's cool. I, I recommend you it. You sold me, all right? Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd recommend
0: it. It, it is definitely very, very, very hard. But yeah. they, they do a nice thing where, like, every time you unlock a level, you unlock more than one at a time. So, like, if you're stuck on one, so you, you can, can bounce and go to another one. That's
1: so nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. I don't know what it is just about, like, psychologically about having a... Di- even if they're both equally hard. Yeah. Just having, like, a different... I always remember, um, weird segue, but in Resident Evil 4... There's that one branching path where you can choose to either go into one. You have to get like from point A to point B. And there are two major roads there. Mm -hmm. One is you fight two giants, which are like really tough enemies. And one is you fight like a long, long path full of lesser enemies. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I do remember this. And like they're probably both equally hard memory serves. But it's just giving you that option of like what you would prefer is really nice. Yeah. I think I did the long corridor of enemies because the giants take a lot.
0: I played that Um, game. No joke. Maybe 30 times through Resident Evil 4. It's a really good one. It's probably the best. That might be the only game that I've played that many times.
1: I'm still on the fence about getting the uh, Resident Evil 2 remake. I might wait until spooky season if we do that again to play that one. Yeah. I'm thinking about getting four again when it comes out for switch. Oh hell yeah. yeah. Oh, it's come out for switch mm-hmm. that game will just that's another game that will come out for everything forever, yeah, I think. I think so too. Yeah. I mean
0: it is like I i don't know, to me it's like the gold standard of, of that kind of game, uh still to this day.
1: Yeah, I think it's the best Resident Evil. And I think it like I've I've said this on the show, like any game like the new God of War that has that like fixed over the shoulder camera, mm-hmm. that's like directly from Resident Evil Four. Yeah. In a good way. It's not derivative, just like they just figured out how to do God that. God of
0: War and Resident Evil Four. Same game guys same game Pick your shit together sony santa monica
1: i love kratos's winter jacket <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually saw that jacket i was um uh c2e2 is coming up and i have friends who are big into cosplay mm-hmm. they're buying stuff i was with them and there was like at some like uh thrift store and they like leon's jacket was just on the wall and i was like if i could pull that off i totally would yeah. but i cannot sadly yes yeah leon's jacket leon's jacket coming to switch
0: uh I guess we should take a break, huh? Let's take a break. Well, first let me just say, uh number 1, I had that jacket uh at one point. The jacket? Yeah, it looked it looked like his jacket. It wasn't like exactly his jacket, but it, it looked very mm. similar and it was good. I had it in high school. And also Baba Is You. Definitely recommend it. Very very cool game for Switch. I I'm glad that I have it because it'll be the kind of thing that I'll get to go back to every once in a while like okay, I'm sitting on the train and I'm bored and I don't know what to do and my Switch is in my backpack. Like, obviously, sure. was a great game to just, like, kind of... That's what Into the, into the, the Breach out. is
1: for me. Yeah, exactly. Kind of it kind of fits yeah. that same um, headspace for me as Into the Breach. Right, where it's sort of, like, a continuous uh, thing to solve. Yeah. I know I have a lot of friends who have that, Where like, every so often, like, like, with either their family or their partner or somebody, they'll get really into, like, a puzzle or, like, you know, just some kind of... Small fixable thing, like on kind of like a routine basis. Yeah. There's, there's something like comforting about that. Yeah. Uh I had a friend who had this like giant multi thousand piece puzzle that they like then laminated and that was their coffee table. Whoa. It's kind of unreal. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. That's what getting a platinum with you is gonna be like. <laughs> That's so. Here, here's what we have to do, just to just to kind of put objectives out into the into the aether, if you will. Yeah, that's a phrase I said previously to this show a lot, and now I can't say anymore. Every time I say it, I'm like, oh fuck. Oh, funny you should ask what that means. um But I don't know what that was. But uh we should figure out what games we're doing, or assign each other games if we want to be like weird about it. And we also should should set like what we do to celebrate, like what what's like the. Other than the platinum itself, like what is the kind of like prize uh, for doing this? I'm into this. So we can talk more about that off the show and then we'll, we'll maybe, if we decide that it's something that we are going to do, we'll then talk about it on the show. Yeah. I like this. Um, I like this a lot. Cool. Yeah, me too. Mm. Uh, I am excited. That's the new game. The puzzle game with Steven. (laughs) That was awful. Let's go to a break. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey Steven. Hey.
0: Quick thing that I just wanted to mention about Destiny 2. TikTok, tock. Tick I'm not made of money. You know what? Actually, TikTok and I'm not made of money are two great things to say before I mention why I've been playing Destiny 2 again. <laughs>
1: OK, go ahead.
0: So I purchased the Destiny 2 annual pass, which is basically at this point like a subscription to Destiny where every mm-hmm. season uh, it's, it's not unlike a Fortnite battle pass uh, for a season in, in a way. But in Destiny 2, you're getting like actual content. You're getting story missions and like new armor sets and new things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. so I did not play the last one. I took a break during the last, um, season. It was called the black armory. Uh, it was this like whole thing where you found like a secret society that was like kind of, um, inspired by like, I don't know, medieval, uh, like Knights Templar
1: kind of vibe. That was the one that like kind of was on the extreme side of difficulty if memory serves it's not it's not super hard but the the problem was that you had to be
0: a certain level to be able to even start i see maybe that's what it was yeah Yeah. and i just didn't have the time in my life to be able to play enough to get to the high enough level to do that so i was like okay so i just paid for a year up front of a subscription to this game that i hadn't been paying for a subscription for for five years so like i can't even play the thing that i bought uh that kind of sucks So I just, I just was like, I think I'm done with destiny for now. Like, I think that's it. You know, I, I'm not going to play the black armory and whatever. So they just started the next season, the second season after that. And notably the first season that they're releasing after Bungie became an independent company after leaving Activision. Mm, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the amazing, wonderful things about this expansion is that they have now included these things that they call a booster bounties or a booster quests or something like that. And it's basically like I think it's four or five bounties that you can pick up uh, and they all have like a little list of things. So it's like kill 10 guardians in the Crucible, which is like the PVP for those of you who don't play Destiny. Kill 10 guardians or uh, go into a strike and get like 10 headshots uh, and complete like three strikes. Uh, Go play a game of Gambit and and uh, collect 15 motes, which are like the things that you collect in Gambit. And basically, each one of those bounties will take like maybe 20 minutes to do like max. And then when you're done with all five of them, you turn them all in and you are immediately uh, a high enough light level to play both Black Armory and the new expansion. Um, They just give you gear that levels you up immediately, which I just did. And now I'm playing Destiny 2 again. And it's great. It's really good. Um, That's amazing. And I just wanted to very quickly like recommend those of you who are interested in checking out Destiny. um, Not only is Destiny Forsaken, which is like the big DLC and the annual pass all on sale right now, like all three of them. But they now include this thing that allows you to play through the story and then do these like things that'll take like maybe an hour or two maximum for you to finish. uh, And then by then you can play all the new shit. And uh, it's all really good. It's really fun. And uh, I'm having a great time with it again.
1: Is it time, Brendan, for my Exo Titan, who has lived in a cavern of rust for the last year and a half, to come out and and join you, or will will I will I show up to court and just basically be laughed at, like everyone has like planets for armor, and I'm like I have a alloy exoskeleton and um, a Fisher Price gun? This is good. <laughs> yeah, I I would love nothing
0: more. I mean, I've said this multiple times on the show, but I would love nothing more than to take you through Destiny Two. Especially because you just played the main story of right, like of just like the base level. Destiny yeah, I just
1: too. I just did a bit of that, and then like I got to this sort of like end game hangar area. Yeah, where I danced in front of my friends for hours, and they didn't respond to me. <laughs> uh, so that's kind of where my story ended. Yeah, I'm just getting flashbacks to like I never got super into WoW, but I did play in high school when it was like a huge thing, mm-hmm. and I had a group of friends who were like, oh, like. Steven, we're so happy you're playing now. Like we'll make new characters to level up with you and then we'll all go on adventures together. I'm talking dinosaurs. I'm talking demons. We're going to fight them all. Yeah. In a week, they have a new level 1000 character that is basically like God's angel that he whispers secrets to the world <laughs> to, And then if they shared, it would destroy everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. I will say this much about destiny 2 is that I have a character that is at the exact point that you are at right now. Like I leveled them up through <laughs> the main quests of, of, of Destiny 2 and I have not played any more past that. And I honestly see no reason to unless I'm playing with you. So I will have someone who is at your level at all times
1: my tone was indicative of maybe me feeling a bit left out maybe that's why i haven't gotten into destiny 2 because i'm like i don't want to relive that i don't want to show up and be scoffed at from my leather gear yeah you know yeah what well, was pleather who's kidding who yeah uh,
0: i think honestly that you would really be into the lore and story side of destiny which yeah, i know is I a wild so thing to say about a game where like everybody just complained about how there was no story in the first one but like where th- where this game is at right now is like really 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 fascinating um the new expansion like focuses on this dude named the drifter who is the guy that runs gambit uh which is like the new pve plus pvp mode that exists in the game um and it's all about like where did he come from he's talking to the nine which are like the nine like spectral almost like lovecraftian gods that like just basically poop out exotic shit for you to to pick up and like fuck around with. um you ever meet Zer
1: in Destiny? God no, I met. Uh, I did not meet Zer. Okay, so Z- I just know so strongly that I did not meet yeah, Zer. Zer. Zer is this is this guy or thing or
0: whatever that shows up uh, on Fridays and Saturdays on a random planet, and he just sits there and he'll like peddle you exotics basically that he gets gifted mm. from the nine which are like these
1: nine gods so he's a like the kk slider of destiny in a way yeah shows up on friday night with some tunes and gear for you to enjoy basically um yeah. he, he's called the that. emissary of the nine
0: um and and they're like Amazing. starting to lean into like who the nine are and like how you interact with them and now the nine are talking to you and they deem you worthy of something but you don't know of what and it's it's like that's like uh really elder cool.
1: scrolls by the nine divine
0: yes yeah exactly
1: yeah although in skyrim it was eight because uh the thalmor outlawed worship of talos, of talos yeah yeah because in the beginning when when the guy's getting his head cut off they're like by the eight divine then he goes like by talos like shut up and get it over with yeah. uh i've seen that so many times yeah, me too. <laughs> everyone has like our last thought on this earth is going to be like the opening scene of skyrim where the guy goes for the love of talos shut up and get it over with <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah. Have you Have you seen that? That's like a meme. That's like a thing now. Is like you'll be watching a clip, and then it'll like fade to white, and then it'll fade back into you sitting in the cart in the beginning of
1: Skyrim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you're finally awake!
1: I was sweet on a girl from Helgen. Yes, yeah, that whole <laughs> yeah, that whole scene. That's a good intro. It is a good Great intro too anyway yeah anyway i just wanted
0: to quickly put the recommendation out for destiny 2 now that they have those booster things in there uh so you don't feel like you're wasting all your time playing it like i did for weeks and weeks and weeks doing like the five or six things that i could do to maybe get better gear to level me up um now i'm at the level that i need to be at to be playing the game and enjoying it again and i'm i think i'll have fun
1: i i think i'll have fun playing with you i feel like you got one of your genie's wishes for me to get into apex legends (laughs) uh i feel like it's gonna take two to get me into destiny 2 again yeah actually weirdly enough destiny 2 is more up my alley than apex legends is like on a a surface level i think because you said like there is an there is a element of destiny 2 where it's just sort of like experiencing like the visual storytelling of the world Mm -hmm. even though if the the main plot is kind of like there is a bad guy look out uh like the world is interesting yeah which i'm insane yeah
0: and honestly it's a little bit less of that now too like you jumping back in you would get to play forsaken which is like the big dlc and that one is we talked about it mm-hmm. when it came out but that one is like just straight up kill bill and then it ends in lord of the rings like yeah it's 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 That's a amazing. western until it's lord of the rings which is like fucking bizarre uh, um and now and then the black armory is basically just like the the uh last crusade indiana jones essentially like looking for these big iron forges to make weapons um and there's like a weird mob boss element to it for some reason also and now this thing is like uh like a weird matthew mcconaughey guy is being talked to by nine lovecraftian gods like it's really fucking cool now i'm in yes that's what i've been waiting for yes
1: cool i'll check it out that sounds great destiny 2 i just wanted to i would i just want i feel like our white whale is us both playing destiny and talking about it because like i feel like i'm i'm like at a fireside chat with you talking about destiny on the radio i'm like oh it sounds wonderful anyway uh Persona Five and Final Fantasy One yeah. are great. Destiny is um, a game I try to not bring
0: up on this podcast as much as I do, but every once in a while they do stuff like this that makes me want to That was not for me that was not for you to feel bad because
1: I honestly love hearing about it. No, I, just, I, I, think don't, it, I don't I think don't it's feel funny. bad
0: because of what you're saying. I feel bad because of what I'm saying, which is anything about <laughs> Destiny too. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: All right. Well, you wanna go back into the main canon show yes. out of this fanfiction. Yeah,
0: goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye break.
1: Brendan, we're back. Oh yeah, let's wha- do it. Oh shit, <laughs> I'm startled. Uh, I have something to confess. Um, Whoa. So we have talked about Breath of the Wild a lot on this show, both like in passing and and like as a main thing. I don't know if we've ever had like a full segment or episode about it. Ironically, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I think maybe one of the like deleted, not real episodes was about it
0: when you got to switch. Yeah,
1: maybe. But my experience playing Breath of the Wild was my roommate. Had a Wii U. This is before I had a Switch. So, like when the game came out in 2017, my roommate had a Wii U. We got it for the Wii U. I made my own save file because I had to. Mm -hmm. Loved it and was like having the best time with it. And then his Wii U stopped working. Rest in peace. As soon as the Wii U was getting somewhere, it was like, nope. Yeah. Too close to the sun. Goodbye. Mm -hmm. So that was a bummer, and I was like, "Well, I don't know if I'm ready to like buy a switch just for one game yet." Yeah, you know, this is this is this is BC era into the Aether timeline, <laughs> uh huh. Before before Brendan, before BB, BB era. Oh, Brendan um, Bigley. Your initials coincidence. Anyway, so then I finally got a switch last year, summer of last year, and that's when we started the show. And I and I kind of you know I've never played anything or talked about anything on this show that I wouldn't have purchased otherwise, but there was kind of an incentive to not just talk about Zelda for like the first 30 episodes, which I easily could have done. Yeah. Um, so I played Zelda a lot, but then kind of got into other games that were coming out like Octopath Traveler, like all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I never really had like the big block of time to play Breath of the Wild that I wanted to, yeah. uh, despite feeling so strongly about the game. So, after last year we both kind of made a bit of our backlog and in my backlog i wrote like i don't really think that breath of the wild is a game that one needs to beat um if anything the one point of criticism criticism i've heard about it is that like when you finally show up to fight ganon if you've done everything he's kind of a like walk in the park Mm. it's not really there's not really much of an event there um it's way more about being in the world and everything um absolutely but I say all that because I'm finally in this kind of slower period, able to be playing Breath of the Wild ambiently as I've been wanting to. And I'm having the best time and I'm doing things that are a little bit different than I normally do. So when I first played the game, all I did was catch horses. All I did was, (laughs) was cook and raise horses. I was basically not even a hero. I was just a, I was just like a stable farmhand at that point. I made a really good big hearty radish stew and I had three horses <laughs> named after like surfers or something yeah. or like skateboarders. I don't remember their names. I don't know if I know any professional surfers, actually. Now that I said that Slater. out loud. Kelly Slater. That was one of the horses. Yeah. Um Chad Muska, Bob Bernquist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom um, Clancy. No, their names were like very just generic. Like I, I like giving fantasy creatures and characters very like default names like Greg or like uh yeah. You know Robert Maxwell. I do that Um, in Pokemon
0: a lot. Now that you've
1: gotten me into naming all the Pokemon, yeah. The the hint of making any generic name into a fantasy name is just changing like one letter, Mm. like Will with one L. Ooh, that's a wizard. Yeah, you went from being a clerk to a wizard. From Greg to Greg. Greg what's your fantasy name brendan if you have to change one thing how about brendan like d-i-n like with an i yeah d-i-n Ooh, brendan I like that or make them both uh, eyes make all, make both the vowels eyes brendan brendan oh my god yeah that you're a wizard what's mine steven <laughs> <laughs> steven. <laughs> steven cut to the chase get get rid of every letter oh get rid of the t Stephen. seeven See, <laughs> i haven't seen a smith of this mix since Steven, but we haven't seen him in years anyway uh breath of the wild so i did horses and cooking and then when i got it for myself i started doing like the the uh legendary beasts and doing shrines and kind of just like exploring and all that We've talked about the game so much about kind of being the new blueprint of what an open world RPG means. I think very much that game follows in Skyrim's footsteps of, of really kind of opening people's minds to a game that is beyond what you've normally experienced. Mm. Simultaneously, Breath of the Wild does feel very purposeful. Like everything in the world feels like it's there for a reason. Whereas games like Skyrim, you sometimes run into like, oh, this is kind of just like a Skyrim sometimes feels like a bunch of parts were thrown in uh, Skyrim no, almost like, feels too reason. real
0: in a lot of instances uh, in right. terms of it's its world design in that everything seems random whereas right. Breath of the Wild is kind of meticulous in it's placement of, of like points of interest where like right, exactly. you go over any hill and you're going to see like a building or a tree or like just a weird thing that you want to go check out um, and that is very purposeful and intentional design
1: right exactly and i think that's what kind of keeps it feeling like zelda because yeah. that is like it's almost like the world map is like one big dungeon in a weird way mm-hmm. but uh i say all this because i'm finally doing the forgotten memories that's something that i've I put off for a long time yeah can you explain um, what those
0: are just to give people a background in case? yeah they check so it
1: out? yeah and, and just to kind of like do a quick brush over breath of the wild i figure if you're listening to episode 33 of this show you probably are familiar with it in some way Mm -hmm. but in case you're not breath of the wild opens with link in a pretty like distant future where the last battle he was in 100 years ago went awfully wrong like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and he's waking up 100 years later basically like cryogenically frozen in like a zelda fantasy way yeah And he finds a Sheikah tablet with Zelda's memories like ingrained in it. Uh, A Sheikah tablet looks suspiciously like a Nintendo Switch, but I digress. Yeah,
0: that was the thing I kept saying as soon as they announced this game and they were like, you have this thing called the Sheikah tablet. It was before they announced the Nintendo
1: Switch. And I was like, that's what the Switch looks like. It's just going to be a tablet. Yeah it's a magic switch and zelda's like link i've been fighting ganon for 100 years by myself like tiktok talk about tiktok it's like help me um which i like this game Uh, i'll get more into zelda but i like i really like zelda's characterization in this game or characterization in this game uh and like just implies how powerful zelda is that she fought ganon alone is fighting ganon alone after 100 years and is still like Holding this by a thread, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. So, so you're you're given this tablet, and they kind of you walk out of this cave, and and you see what is ostensibly an open world. You meet like an old guy with a stick, who teaches you to cook an apple. You find like a pot lid for a shield, and like a tree branch for a sword. You have nothing. Like you really have a sense that you are starting from like wearing khaki pants and fighting with a stick to eventually becoming what you were. Yeah. Um, and that's the whole game. I mean. Uh brilliantly, the beginning area of the Great Plateau, you meet this old man, you learn like the basics of finding stuff, you learn quickly how often things break and how how much you have to constantly be looking for new things to build yourself up. Mm. And then you learn that the area you're in is actually kind of enclosed and you can't get out until you get all your basic items that you will use throughout the rest of the game. So unlike oh other Zeldas where usually it's like one temple around one item, you get all of them right away. And then you're able to leave. You find out he's the king of Hyrule and he's like, go talk to Impa. Yeah. From that point, the game doesn't really give you any concrete directions. So you really can I- I've heard some people play this game, they kind of get overwhelmed. Or like, they're like, I don't know where to go. When I go to Hyrule Castle, these like robots kill me instantly. Yeah. I don't know like what I have to do. Um
0: well, you could go to Impa. And that's you know, they, they it's either you could go to Impa and, and have that direction. They also give you the defeat Ganon uh prompt i think at that point which does kind of uh inch some people closer to going there and then getting absolutely destroyed and like that's yeah and that's the thing that's like it's a like a you can learn fight lesson or not i guess is, yeah, is the game design f- aspect there
1: it's kind of like dark souls where like you can theoretically go to certain places right away but the game strongly right you can
0: go fight the two it- skeletons right next to the bonfire but you're not supposed to
1: right yeah (laughs) but the game still lets you so like you're gonna learn from from failure which is also a big thing or you can do what
0: i did which is go climb every single tower in the whole game and unlock the entire map before you do anything else
1: (laughs) but the game the game gives you a direction of talking input which you'll end up doing she basically tells you the setup of the story of like everyone's kind of either been waiting for you or forgot about you but the world as we know it is destroyed there's very little left it's still a beautiful game but there really is like very little of of society left there's like a couple towns uh there are a few towns but like as you play it you get a stronger sense of what has been lost yeah um and and it's interesting that the game is still so beautiful despite that because usually when we think of like a post-apocalypse game it's like fallout or something Mm -hmm. not like princess mononoke beautiful nature kind of stuff so you talk to impa and she gives you she says like what would really help against the fight against Ganon is if you were to awaken these four legendary beasts, these these mechs, essentially, that, <laughs> these that were created, these Gundams that were <laughs> these Beast Wars uh robots that were created. It's much cooler than Beast Wars. Beast Wars sucks. Just for the record. Um, wow. Hot takes. I the, can't believe you said hot that. Hot take. I loved Publicly. it as a kid. Uh, I never got it. Whatever. That's, that's such a tangent. Stop me all those 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 animals those legendary beasts were all created to fight ganon mm-hmm. and they were all piloted by link's close adversaries kind of like an avengers team yeah. of of people that represented all the different factions of hyrule and they all died they all like got yep. they all got killed and all the 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 legendary beasts they were piloting got possessed by ganon and are now just kind of like harming the world basically Yeah, in their own special ways so the impas like you got to the two main things are get those beasts back on our side by awakening the spirits that lie within them. And if you can, here's an album of pictures that you took at one point. Go to all those places and find your memories, right. um, Like Going
0: to those places and like being there and, and lining up the picture that you took with the place that you visited might jog your memory and might remind you of something.
1: Right. So the main if you want to say there's like a main a plot it is the legendary beast. That's the part of the game that feels the most like Zelda. Yeah. And you're going to get most of the plot from that. You're going to meet all the pilots who Link had like different relationships with. I've actually only done the bird and the elephant. Oh. So with the elephant you meet Prince Sidon who's the greatest character in fiction. Mm-hmm. Um and he was the older brother of princess Mitha is her name she's someone who has a very close relationship with link and there's kind of like they hint at like an unrequited love thing which is really sad especially because she like is gone yeah uh you get a power from her where if you die she revives you um and I also have Rivali uh of the bird who's kind of like your rival he's kind of mean to you mm-hmm. Um is very arrogant. He's kinda of like the Falco, like in many ways. He, he
0: even looks like Falco, yeah.
1: Yeah, he's like a rival bird. Like, hey Einstein, I'm on yours. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he lets you jump really high. So all that aside, I that's all stuff I'm familiar with when I think of Breath of the Wild, and it's very well done and beautiful. But I'm finally doing the Forgotten Memories, which is hard to do right away because at that point in the game you do not have any kind of recollection. Of the areas. Like all you have to go on is the pictures. Yeah. And then you have, you yourself have to remember where that was taken. Mm-hmm. And then once you're there, you see like a glowing thing on the ground and you can recall the memories. Yeah. Those moments are so well done. And I think that that doesn't get enough credit uh when people talk about this game because just like this sort of mechanics of you the whole game is about kind of reclaiming what was lost and building it back up you build yourself back up yeah. you build the world back up there's a sense of awakening around you as you get these memories back like you also it, it, it makes you um it makes it gives you the strongest sense of what's been lost and there's this constant recurring thing of the characters not believing in link and being like, he's not ready for this. Mm-hmm. Like Zelda kind of has a heavy sigh when she's doing the like traditional, like blessing of the hero and all the allies are like in the back kind of talking, like, I don't know if this guy has what it takes. Yeah. There's a lot of really human moments of doubt and a lot of really like quiet moments that, that are so effective and in, in giving all of the world's, a sense of of personal investment that's what i found so
0: surprising about those memories specific like the cut scenes that you cut to are very frequently literally just like here's link and zelda hanging out like on this field just like admiring yeah. the view because like life is great because ganon's not there you know it's like the two right. them just hanging out and like that's the memory and then you sit there it's like okay what does that mean why why did i see that and it is
1: literally just to endear you to what you are fighting for you know and but and that's just it because like so many i've often talked on this show about games like uh persona and like final fantasy like mass effect where or undertale where those rpgs are rooted in a sense of you are getting to know the characters on such a intimate level that by the end of the game you really feel like you've met real people yeah and the game stakes are not the world or the universe, but it's saving them. Right. Um, and it's so effective. The thing about Breath of the Wild is that you're getting that too, but you've already lost them. And it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Like when you're finally getting to know all these characters and to getting to know your place in the world and it's already gone. Yeah. And I think it kind of has the sense of uh, I brought up in an older episode, Final Fantasy six, where like halfway through the game, the villain wins and the rest of the game is is rallying your crew to like there's still something left to fight for yeah. and that's i mean the state of the world of final fantasy 6 is a lot more nightmarish than it is in breath of the wild mm-hmm. but there's still that sense of of scale of what was lost and i think that playing this game now with with getting the memories back i have such more emotional investment in the story yeah and i think that that's something easy to miss when you're playing this game i don't know if everyone prioritizes getting those i would highly recommend doing that once you kind of have more of the map opened up yeah it's not even just when you have
0: most of the map opened
1: up but it's like when
0: you know the place well enough like once you've not only like unlocked all of the map but once you've seen enough of it that you can very viscerally like as as you playing the game start to remember these places that's when link starts to remember them too um and then link i hate to use the word link but linking your your physical memory and recollection of the map you've been traversing, with Link's memory of the world that he lives in, uh, is is really brilliant. And I also not not to say that everything needs to follow the twelve step hero's journey shit, but like this game starts with the second step of the hero's journey, which is the call to adventure, because you literally just wake up and then you're doing a thing. So mm-hmm. you never get that step one, which is here's the character, here's the protagonist living in the ordinary world, and that's what the memories allow you to do is to see what. That was like at one point.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also just mechanically brilliant to have the story be something you find. I mean, just like collecting backpacks mm-hmm. in Spider Man gives you a little bit of flavor here and there of like his history and his character. This is like a much more in depth version of that yeah. where you're incentivized to explore and to get things. I think it's just so nice to be like, okay, you might find some rubies and a cool sword and some cool outfits, but you're also going to find like a really rich moment of the plot. Yeah almost as a collectible in a weird way Mm -hmm. because so much of 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 awakening the beast and finding stuff and getting the master sword which made me cry is about making it easier for you as a player yeah and those memories almost make it harder for you and link because it's it fills you with doubt yeah um it it makes you it makes you a lot more invested in zelda's safety because she's still fighting ganon after all this time Mm -hmm. and if there's any character that kind of you are rooting for out of all of them, it is Zelda. Like she's the most kind of developed, I think, and and given the most time in those moments. Yeah. Link is still a silent protagonist, thankfully. And it's actually interesting that it's the first time that there is voice acting in Zelda. Um I'm glad they do the thing where there's only voice acting in those big moments to help them stand out. Yeah. And then normally when you're walking around there's still the like, huh? Ah! You know, and then you see uh-huh. the, you know, the the text, which I think is the way to do hey. it.
0: Q. yeah
1: exactly but uh yeah i just i i this is probably old hat and like a lot of people listening might be like well yeah breath of the Wild, it's great it's kind of like being like you know it's a cool new band the beatles aren't they good and interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. isn't Jimi hendrix talented but i don't know man i just think uh i think that the forgotten memories add a whole other layer to that game that could easily be ignored yeah. because it is kind of unintuitive to find them until you know the map yeah and 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 also getting them in and out of order is a really interesting thing too because you might not i mean you can you can do it where you get them as they happen but i almost think it's more effective to get them just as you find them Yeah, and i'm just i'm just having the best time with that game i think that that game is we could just have another show talking about breath of the wild and zelda because i'm such a huge fan
0: 100 percent, yeah i mean i i would love to just talk about tarrytown and what that quest meant to me for the rest of my life
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The Terrytown theme is one of my favorite songs. Have you done that quest too. line? Have you finished that yet? I haven't, but I just know of it. That's the thing. It's uh... like, th- I just need to do everything this game has to offer because it's slowly becoming one of my top five favorite games like ever. Yeah. Not to be like high fidelity about it, but when I think about the games that I love, like this is really high for me. This kind of embodies a lot of the things we talk about on this show and what we look for in games, like games as a vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh games letting you play them any way you want to, having the story and the gameplay kind of mesh together thematically and mechanically. But uh but yeah, it's just it's just the best. It's just one of the best things ever. Yeah. I I think what I would um
0: push onto you is go out and seek the Tarrytown quest and and play it to completion because no for real like that i i heard also around when the game came out like the ganon fight does not really live up to what you're hoping for if you've done all the divine right. beasts and it'll be a little bit too easy and the ending is not going to be super satisfying so like knowing that i kind of avoided it at all costs yeah i still haven't done all the divine beasts i still haven't done the uh, the death mountain one um the like gecko climbing all over the, the volcano yeah, um, yeah i i have yet to do that one uh and i haven't gone and fought ganon but what i have done is gotten all the memories i i went and unlocked all of the uh the towers and and the whole map i started seeking out all the dlc items and and treasure things which unlock like zant's hat from twilight princess and and midna's thing and like the dark link outfit and stuff like that like which is a cool weird indiana jones thing um but at the end of the day like the thing that really stuck with me was tarrytown and I think there is no better thematic ending to that game, honestly, than the end of the Tarrytown quest. Yeah, I've heard of that, actually. Um, it yeah. is a better ending than the Ganon ending, which I haven't played again. But it, it feels like it almost is the answer to exactly what you like about the memories. And I don't want to say anything else beyond that, but I think you should seek it out and you should do it um, and it'll bring you a lot of joy.
1: Yeah, I, I, and it's interesting that we're talking about this game now, and I'm like talking about games to platinum. Like, I feel like this is the one. Like, there isn't the yeah. the official like achievement, but this is a game where I truly do want to experience everything in it. Yeah, because I just think it's it's a beautiful thing. And actually, just for the record, if we want to talk about like the best showdowns with ganon I honestly think Twilight Princess has the best one. Oh, it's unreal. Yeah. You fight him as a wolf on horseback and then, like, hand to hand, and then he dies standing up. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just like, I don't know why that's like my favorite thing ever. He's just like, of course, Gandalf would die, like, oh, ow, my chest. Yeah. I'll keep standing, you know? <laughs> but yeah, uh, just, I know, I know this kind of slowly turned into me gushing again, but that's what the show is. If you have Breath of the Wild and you're kind of like, because this, this is another game too, where I actually have a lot of friends who are maybe newer to, to video games or newer to the series and, and like are a little bit overwhelmed with options It's like going to a diner and being like, I don't even know an omelet, a burger There's too much. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I think that really play that game any way you want to. I think that's really where it shines is like, yeah, you can truly, I mean, I had a blast raising horses for a bit. Like that was how I played. And that I game. tamed
0: the horse that they make you tame for the tutorial and then did not touch a horse for the rest of the game because I liked running around
1: that world that's kind of why i'm not as into horses this time because one i'm too worried about their well-being and <laughs> two uh i am like once i got Rivali's gale like i don't need a horse yeah. i can literally fly yeah, so right. at least three times a day before it recharges um but yeah, Rivali's kind of a dick <laughs> but i do like him i really like the old al that runs the rito village he fucking rules i love him yeah. and my i think one of my favorites all characters kind of like the Feywild positive reflection of the Oregon Grinder guy from Ocarina is the Bird Bard mm. cast with the accordion. Yep. I love them. They're so cool. Yeah. There's just so much of this game to really love. I, I'm I'm really happy I'm finally doing it. I got the Master Sword. I'm getting my memories back. I got two beasts mm-hmm. done. Um, I'm definitely going to get the DLC, so I'll probably talk about that eventually because cool. I, I would love to revisit it. We will talk about this game again, but I wanted just to highlight the memories because I didn't realize how like special they were and how like good. Like this is a series that talk about you know when you're saying with Destiny how like your the story maybe isn't that well executed, but the world and the lore is so rich, and that's always been Zelda with some exceptions here or there. Like it's never been like especially great writing but the world is so rich and the themes there are so powerful. Yeah. Like, Ocarina really cemented that. They kind of explored a weird, like, David Lynch hell with Majora's Mask. Mm-hmm. Wind Waker, I think, was the first game that actually had really clever writing and really great characterizations of both Link and Zelda. Yeah. I uh, I really liked Wind Waker. That's one. Of, that's why it's one of my favorites. And Breath of the Wild is just, like, that times 10. Yeah. Like they really doubled down on it. So, uh, the future of Zelda, like, honestly... We've talked about this in passing, but I feel like they could just use this engine and put it in a different world and do this like not to say they do the same thing, but like do the same thing as literally like cast like have lightning strike again. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, um, I wonder if they could do a different thing where maybe like rather than having the shrines, it's like a different way to level up or something.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested but, to see if if they yeah. end up doing it, because I think that's kind of what everyone wants. Like everyone wants just like Breath of the Wild 2 essentially yeah the the main complaints that people really had were just like the weapons break too frequently and the divine beasts aren't as good as dungeons so like okay fix those two things and maybe that'll work but you're right like there's so much extra stuff beyond that that is what makes breath of the wild special it is the memories and it is the world and and the soundtrack and i don't know It, it would it would be hard to to make that game successful just by using the same engine and like changing those two things about it
1: yeah i think so but i think i think that like the zelda franchise as like of all the nintendo ips like that's the one that is always kind of reworking what we think is magical in a way with the exception as we always say of maybe skyward sword like they have always felt really new and fresh and exciting and I'm just looking forward to what is next. But there's so much in this game. Like I also feel like even before we would get a sequel, because we're getting the uh the remake of of Link's Awakening. Yeah. So like, that's the new Zelda, which just feels a little bit like a like that's really cool and exciting. But that's almost like okay, this is like for now kind of yeah, thing. it's a hold you over. I wouldn't be surprised if there's maybe just like another big add on to Breath of the Wild before there's like a full new one. If that makes sense, mm, it'd be interesting. But that's a separate conversation uh in short if you like breath of the Wild and you haven't done the memories do it uh if you are new to the game and don't really know like what makes all special absolutely do it yeah. um you know because i think that like the shrines are fun all the puzzles are fun but like the the story is really in those little quiet moments that you find across the map yeah um cannot cannot get enough and i still haven't gotten all of them so i'm excited to see uh more of them
0: yeah and i've i i have a friend a close friend who- basically only plays this game and stardew valley and those are the two games that she plays um and she has played enough of breath of the wild where at this point like i would consider her like the master of hyrule And like (laughs) she has lived out every single thing that you can do in this game and still goes back to it and keeps playing it, and like looking for car rocks. It's interesting
1: because those are those are oddly similar games in a way. Uh, You know, I mean, I think that's another game where like investing in the townspeople and like getting to know their stories is like secretly where the heart of that game is. You know, like you have the you have the crop economy and and like you have the dungeon crawling and the cave. There's a lot of you could you could also play that game any way you want Mm -hmm. to. But what keeps me like thinking about that game is, is like, uh, you know, talking to Alex about like his football dream, but investing in the town school, that game is like where the heart of the story is as well as kind of playing it any way you wants to. Yeah. So both great games, honestly, a really good choice if those are going to be your two. Yeah. That's probably what I would recommend as well. Maybe, uh, mine would probably be like Katamari and Final Fantasy nine. <laughs> it's a little bit more chaotic. Yeah uh but yeah breath of the wild rules so do the beatles i guess animal
0: crossing new leaf and no other games
1: that's <laughs> my recommendation do you think uh as a send-off do you think that animal crossing is going to come out this year still i'm like doubting it more and more I do. as time progresses I do think it's going to come out this year think, yeah okay, i think cool. it's not going
0: to be a uh, summer release anymore i think it's going to be a fall release that makes sense it's gonna be like early fall the, like october november in that vicinity the other
1: big uh because this year the big fall releases were well, I guess it was winter, because Smash came out at like, the very end of the year, yeah. and before that was Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee.
0: One thing I find, not to get too far down this rabbit hole, but w- one thing that I find really interesting about uh, Animal Crossing is the time of year that they choose to release it, because the time of year that it's released is tied so so much into the look of the game. And I'm wondering, mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, yeah. so they're going to market this game to come out in the fall. So, like, the entire vibe of the game has to have, like, an autumn vibe when it comes out, you know,
1: whereas New Leaf had a very spring. Vibe. Right. Exactly. It had a very. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it and came summer. out in the spring. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. What's your favorite season in Animal Crossing? Fall. Fall. Yeah. 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 Also sense. in real life. Yeah. A good season. Yes. Yeah. I like spring when it works out i feel like sometimes it's just like dirty snow and then it's 90 degrees yeah <laughs> so like a good spring rules we're in we're, uh, it's we're awesome. having a good spring right now we are we are we had god we had a fucking miserable winter in chicago as you know as the news has shown yeah. you yeah but the spring so far is good i'm into it yeah anyway now that we're talking about the weather we should probably sign off hey uh, it's pretty good out there right <laughs> oh yeah yeah at least it's warm okay All right. At least it's not cold today. All right. Don't you don't want to see me after my third cup of coffee. Okay. At least it's warm today. Today is Tuesday. Okay. At least it's not Monday. All right. It's colder today than it was yesterday. Fine by me. As long as I have my jacket. Okay. It's warmer today. All right. That's my impression of of bullshit. Small talk. That was great. It, yeah, it I, was like vaguely Irish, but also kind of Midwestern. It was. It is St. Patrick's Day when we're recording too, so. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, don't get me started. Wow. Nothing against the saint himself or Ireland, yeah. but everything against this like the stretch of bars that now is like a river of broken glass. Mm-hmm. Anyway, any uh, positive stuff. Uh, Thank you. You want to do your thing? Yeah, sure. Thanks, everybody who. I, I'm still on a days after that weird. Uh, it's a to today moment. Yeah. My favorite absurdist two-person play on um, off 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 Broadway. It's basically in New Jersey. Just go to New Jersey and see it's it. It's warmer today.
0: <laughs> <the> title of- <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody who listened to this podcast episode, yes, uh, thank and you. who listens to this podcast in general, um, especially this episode where I basically just gushed about a puzzle game that has to be described visually and can't be described over audio, and then we talked about Breath of the Wild, which is a wonderful game. Yeah. So thanks to those of you who made it this far. Um, we have a Twitter account. It's at into the cast, which you can check out for updates on the show. And uh, we just retweet a bunch of things every once in a while. It, are there other things that we say? Oh yeah. If you like the show, uh, share it with a friend. That'd be cool. If you think that other people would like this podcast, then uh, do that. And if you really like the show, you can head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. That'd be great too.
1: Yeah. Uh, rating out of five stars, whatever you see fit or writing a review it really does help uh, the show reach a wider audience. Yeah. But thank you. We we love doing the show. We love that people are listening, and um, we'll talk more about some of the plans. I I set up this one um, episode. It's kind of all, all over the place. This episode, I guess, it's the seasonal transition that has thrown me off.
0: Yeah, I tried not drinking coffee before this one, and I feel like my brain is just like kind of I uh, I don't know. It's like it's like I, think I had too much
1: coffee. It's like <laughs> my brain's like Wally right now, just rebuilding garbage. <laughs> my brain is cars um, too
0: wow is that the latest we've ever found the title
1: (laughs) my brain is cars two. uh oh my uh super ego ego on id cars one cars two cars three thank you i'm all about cars baby have you ever seen the pixar timeline yeah oh yeah it's real it's real weird bugs life is in like far into the future and that weird Mm. like that fucked me up goes
0: back in time through the wrong door and ends up being the old lady in brave unreal yeah, because the whole timeline is
1: rooted in like Boo wanting to bring Wally back, basically Sully. Yeah, Sully, Sully back, yeah. Wally back, yeah. Sully and Wally. Oh man, it's weird. Uh, it's not real, but it's funny to look at. Uh-huh. It's just like the Mario timeline, basically. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's the same kind of vibe. Yeah. Though it is interesting d- just to give a final note about <laughs> Zelda that Nintendo like canonically admitted the zelda timeline yeah isn't that kind of wild because like, that was a very fringe fan theory and then the nintendo was like yeah it's real and here's a third timeline right yeah and that is, and like, is now printed in a book the third timeline is link fails against ganon and like that theme is basically what breath of the wild is yeah. which i think is kind of them nodding at it but anyway uh don't get me started on the zelda timeline bye-bye especially when my when my brain is <laughs> <laughs> goodbye <laughs> see ya <laughs>
0: TWG, the worst garbage dot online.